When I first broke my neck, I thought all the hope was gone. But then I soon realised that life rolls on. So hi there, welcome to my podcast. Uh, my name's Trev and my motto is life rolls on. I'm a C4 tetraplegic from a accident 20 years ago where I fell and broke my neck. Uh, I'm talking to Liam, who's a quadruple amputee, who's a motivational speaker and a, I believe you're a writer as well. Not, not yet. <laughs> oh yeah, work, working up to that. So we're gonna, we're gonna have, we're gonna have a chat about our lives, our injuries, our recoveries, and our attitudes, and um, see where it goes really. So I'm actually looking forward to this. I've seen, seen a lot of your stuff on LinkedIn. That's how how I got to hear about you and uh, what you're what you're doing and how you're doing it, which is absolutely fantastic. And myself, I'm trying to get into the motivational speaking and telling my story of disability awareness. So I think this is going to be interesting. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself? I know you're a quadruple amputee. What does that mean? It means that I, well, I'll take it back to the start. I fell ill the day before my second birthday with uh, meningococcal septicemia. Right. Basically a hybrid of meningitis and septus. And in order to save my life, this wasn't guaranteed to work, but there weren't many other options. They amputated both hands and both feet. So my left arm was amputated of the elbow, my right arm was amputated through the elbow and both legs below the knee. So that was around about the time of my second birthday. So this is all I've really known, to be honest. Right, crikey. I mean, mine, mine was from an injury, so I've had... 25 years of being, I use the term, able-bodied, um, whether that's PC or not, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, that's that's mad that at such a young age, so that was your parents' decision to do that, obviously? Yeah, yeah, it was between my family and the doctors. And to be honest, there, there were no other options. It was either, it was a, quite literally a matter of life and death, so... If they didn't do it, I would be gone anyway. So they, they, they took the risk and thankfully it worked. Well, absolutely, yeah. You're still here to tell the tale. So that's that's the main thing. I'm um, intrigued and interested to find out a bit about your life. So what was it like growing up then? Growing up was, a, to be honest, I can't say it's a strange experience because I've, I've never experienced any other life as opposed to right. So it, it, was a, it was an interesting experience. I... Uh, understood from a young age that in order to find out what I was truly capable of, I would have to continually push my, my own boundaries, my own limits. And I, I didn't really take no for an answer, so <laughs> <laughs> right. through my childhood I learned to do pretty much everything or all the main things myself, just by holding my two arms together. So I can see I, there, yeah, yeah, your arms, yeah. Yeah, so I was I was I was quite motivated from day one. It's uh, I never really seen myself as being that different either. I, I was accepted into like a mainstream school, and I, I, all the children around me they treated me as normal as I be expected to be treated. In truth, so um, yeah, everything was fine and dandy until I became a teenager. Right, started to doubt myself and I, I, I had a lot of negative views on myself and 
my disability, I, I didn't believe I could really be accepted into normality. Even though there was nothing to suggest this beyond my mind, I kind of brought myself down inside. So yeah, me, psychologically, I, I, I didn't enjoy being a teenager. Do you think he was kind of a bit more aware? Yeah, it was. I suppose his child were quite naive and ignorant, which works to our benefit quite often. And uh, yeah, as, as a teenager, I became more aware of who I was and what I was. And uh, to be honest, it's, you'd expect as a teenager, you'd get a lot of sort of backlash of other teenagers, but that wasn't really the case to be honest most, most of it was my one head sounds fine yeah so you're saying you're saying you went through a bit of a hard time as a teenager growing up yeah yeah without a doubt psychologically being a teenager was quite tough so uh, yeah it, it, it took a good few years for me to come out my, my shell really and it was towards the end of school going towards university that's when i finally said look <laughs> Sometimes in life you don't get to choose your circumstances and you just want to basically go with a flow and do the best you can. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I got myself to university, dropped out after two years because I uh, I fell behind the workload due to an injury on my, my real leg. And uh, this basically, because I fell behind and because I work at a slightly slower pace, at the gap that I fell behind by gradually increased as time passed to the point that I could no longer keep up. This kind of got on top of me mentally, just like when I was a teenager. So yeah, I ended up dropped out. I was unemployed for two years. I hit rock bottom, or as close to what I'd imagine rock bottom to be, before I discovered my new career as a as a speaker. Right. Okay. Um... So what kind of, what snapped then? What made you value yourself and your worth? It was, I could actually, I can pinpoint the exact day. Okay. It was, there's no, I don't know the date, but I know it was a Sunday in September 2018. And uh, I was meant to be looking for jobs, but I ended up distracted watching a video on YouTube about finding purpose. And uh, it was after watching that video I realised I could use my experiences, both good and bad, to other people through their toughest times and hopefully just keep going. And it was from that moment forward that I decided that I wasn't going to take half measures anymore. I was just going to take life on full full steam ahead. Fantastic. I mean, that's um, that's certainly the attitude to have and... I agree. That's you've got to make the most. Ah, what's happened there? Um, you've got to make the most of the life that you have got. Something's popped up on my screen. I love technology. <laughs> I mean, I do. I do actually love technology because it makes life a lot easier, and it makes life a lot more easier to work with uh, and get on with things. How do you? How do you use a computer yourself? I, to be honest. The way my arm's been amputated, there's actually a bone at the bottom. Right, yeah. And <laughs> I have no word of a lie, that one single bone is a lifesaver. I can that, that I just 
type like that, uses the mouse tracker like that. I could fortunately just buy my two arms held together. I can just about do everything I need to do within the house. My, my trouble is without that, um, beyond the house. So, for example, getting my wallet, just the simple things like getting my wallet out of my pocket, getting to people's houses, like going to a friend, stuff like that. that that's when I rely quite heavily on other people is beyond my front door. Right. In the house, I am quite independent, so it's it's quite a contrast between the two lives, to be honest. So that's a that's a battle I'm still fighting. Yeah, I can, I can relate. I can I can relate to that myself because um, I need I need twenty four seven care, so I need looking after the washing, dressing, etc. Uh, but once all that's done, I'm actually quite independent in the home, um, and I can use the. It's not going to go off. Uh, the Alexa to help me turn on devices, operate things, change channels. And that has given me so much independence. Whereas outside, uh, I use my power chair. And once I'm in my power chair, I'm, I'm out and about. It's um, just as normal. You don't really need much assistance. So it is, it's a complete contrast. Well, back in the day when you could go out. <laughs> so how are you finding um, the lockdown then? Are you... Yeah, the, the lockdown is uh, interesting. <laughs> yes, <laughs> honestly, I, I didn't notice too much of a difference because because my abilities lie primarily within my house. I have a tendency to isolate myself anyway. Right. I, I have this hesitation about asking for too much help. Which outside of that house, I, I need help. So psychologically, I kind of trap myself in my house a little bit. Which, but in truth, in recent months, I've been doing a lot more to combat this. However, I am used to from previous years kind of spending a lot of time locked up. So <laughs> it's uh, even from that point of view, though, it, it is starting to get into my head being locked up too much because even beforehand even though I was primarily within my house it wasn't to this extreme <laughs> this is this is unlike anything I've ever done before yeah I mean I'm, I'm exactly the same um, I spend a lot of time at home anyway so I'm quite happy to occupy myself reading listening to music watching tv it's a normal for me but I do like going out and living my life and making the most of it to what I can, and especially traveling. But these last few months of having that freedom taken away, you're just like, oh, God, what do you do? Um, I'm thankful I've got a garden, so I've been able to go out and that, but anything other than that, it's just trapped in. Mm. And it's been, psychologically, it's been tough. So I can imagine for a lot of people out there, it has been extremely tough which is where I think the resilience certainly for me has come in. Um, and I've had to kind of, I've had to dig into my inner strength and go, right, you know, what's got me through things in the past? What's going to get me through this? And what am I going to have to look forward to once this all ends? Um, which is, you know, see what happens around the corner. But that's... Uh, one of my key messages, as I assume is yours, is the actual resilience of going through such a... a lot, I can't even say a lot... Well, I can't say a life-changing, but you was unaware of it at the time, so it's a, a little bit weird one. 
So um, how would you say to overcome the resilience or build resilience? What would be one of your tips? A lot of resilience comes from kind of understanding what you can and cannot do about certain circumstances. Mm. A lot of people lose resilience because they lose faith. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. A lot of people are frustrated about certain situations that they can't do anything about. So, for example, I can't do anything about the fact that I am disabled. And particularly in my teenage years, I focused on it and infuriated me because there was nothing I could do about it. Whereas as soon as you recognise that some situation you can't do anything about, then you can start to adapt to them, work around them and accept them. And it's less likely to drag you down in terms of resilience. But um, if I was to sum it up, the best way I could put it is Sometimes in life, bad stuff happens and you have to deal with it regardless of how you, uh, like re regardless. So uh, the lockdown is a prime example of a situation that nobody can do anything about. And yeah. If we spend too much time getting caught up and frustrated about it, it that's going to take a mental toll on us. It's going to damage the resilience. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 what you've just said then, absolutely hits a nail on the head for me sometimes you or we dealt this hand in life and you have to deal with it you have a the old saying of you either sink or swim um and you have tried to make the most of the life that we have got and what we've got or you just end up well i don't know what i could have ended up at 20 years ago if i'd have decided not to fight and not to try and make the most of this Without a shadow of a doubt, it scares me a little bit, but uh, that's what um, like I say. You can't change it at all. Hmm. So, how do you find? Because um, I think you've been doing speaking for a couple of years now, haven't you? Yeah, I well, nearly. <laughs> I made the decision in September 2018 when I watched that video, but I, uh, I started up January last year, so it's nearly a year and a half, and it's a uh, <laughs> to, be honest, to be honest, I was quite at the start. I thought, right, I'm a guy with no hands, no feet. I'm going to ace this, <laughs> and then uh, it 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 went okay for the first year, and then it slowed down a bit, partly due to my own incompetence and laziness. So this year, I finally pushed myself into trying to get my name out there, and just as things were starting to go well, this entire pandemic hit. So I'm still I'm still uh, the, the upward journey. <laughs> I'm getting there slowly but surely. But again, this is just another situation that I'm going to have to adapt to. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I started I started building a bit of momentum and started getting my name out there a bit by networking and various social events, and then all of a sudden you, you you're trapped. So to be able to do an online podcast. Uh, and actually show that we're adapting and still able to get our message out there is absolutely fantastic, I think, because people need to hear different ways of coping and what other people go with, go through. Yeah, no, I, I think this is definitely, for the, the two of us, I think this is a prime example for us, or a prime time for us to actually demonstrate what it's like to adapt 
circumstance. And this is a situation as well where we can kind of, so for example, not and I speak to can relate to having no hands or no. However, they can relate to the struggles of a doctor that both of us have been through. So yeah. I can use the examples of my disability, how I overcame that, and then how I used those mindsets in the context of this lockdown to then uh, adapt to the circumstances and basically teach this to other people and, and inspire them. So uh, in a way, this lockdown could be an opportunity, if anything. So it's uh, it just depends on the, the perspective in which you view it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um I think a lot of positives will come out of this, uh, but it's just making the opportunity and going with the flow a little bit as well to see what opportunities present themselves. But I, I can, it's weird in a way, because uh, I can relate to, I can't relate to not having hands and feet because I've got hands and feet, but they just don't work. So, <laughs> so, Although I've got the full range, I've got full limbs, um, they don't function. So for me, it's like you were saying about you've got a little bit on your on your arm, which is a lifesaver. The way my hands are, they're normally very tight, but yeah, I've got one finger that just sticks out naturally. And by using a smartphone, it's just enough to be able to actually get around the screen, hit the digits, and that has enabled me to give me the independence. Just by a little, I don't know, a little twist of fate, I think. <laughs> uh, it's amazing how in sort of tougher situations you start to realise just a little, a little things that actually make a difference in life. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, I've I've been very grateful for the fact that it's weird when you you kind of look at your your gratitude. I've been thankful that you know I've got a house above my head. I've got money coming in. I've got people looking after me, and I'm not worried about like today the mass exodus of everyone's just gone. Oh, right, back to work, and no, we'd have to worry about that, which is strange. But uh, make the most of what we've got, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, just just bending, just adapting to a situation that let's be honest, nobody could have ever seen this coming. It's, it's absolutely madness. Like the sheer scale of it as well is what I'm struggling to get my head around. It's the yeah, fact absolutely. Yeah. Worldwide. It's not just our little town or our country. It's everyone. It's like one person in China, a family back, and all of a sudden, Scottish football team cancelled. <laughs> uh, yeah. I can imagine, um, well, when you hear everything, everything's been cancelled. Aye. I honestly, it's madness. Again, what what you just got to? Yeah, exactly. Um, ride it out and make the most of it. I'm I'm certainly hoping. I'm hoping that a lot of people will become more aware of how strong they are, and actually look through this period and go, you know what, flipping out that was tough, but God, I learned some lessons. Uh, I learned a lot about myself. I learned, I learned a lot about my friends, my family. And I was able to go and use those attributes of mindset to get on, get on with their own lives and pursue a future, a career or some different job that people don't want to be in. I don't know. Instead of just going back to a work, someone you don't like. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's giving people time for reflection, just to kind of realise what happened. So, then even from my own perspective, in the last time I have considered going back to university, just to study psychology. Oh, right, okay. I was architect, but now I'm thinking about psychology. And uh, I would never have thought that had it not been for the lockdown and the extra time I had to actually contemplate what it is that I want to do with life. And I'm, I'm not 100% sold on whether I'll go or not yet, but still, the, to have that ability to actually sit back and look at life, that, that ability I never had when I was working full-time beforehand on my business and career, it's, uh, yeah, and hopefully that's the case for a lot of people that they've actually had time to actually sit back and yeah. realise what it is in life that they really care about. Uh, ab- absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's a little bit of a shift in from architecture to psychology. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I mean, I, I would strongly suggest go for it. I did my degree, I got my degree in 2011 in counselling and humanistic counselling, and it was something I never thought I would do in my life after after breaking my neck, but to actually roll across stage, get my BA, and have not only the accreditation, but for me, it was understanding my journey and figuring out what I'd been through and all these obstacles that I'd come across without, without realising and just kind of ploughed forward, and then all of a sudden gone, Bloody hell, yeah, that was, uh, how did I manage to do this? How did I manage to do that? How did I get involved with coaching? How did I get involved with counselling? How did I do this, that, and the other? And it really was a positive step. I've been I've been studying life coaching from doing this and doing a diploma in life coaching and thinking, you know, what, what skills and attributes can I use moving forward? And you think, well, what's everyone going to need? <laughs> a life coach. So use some of these lessons that we're learning hopefully to help others deal with anxiety deal with limiting beliefs um and move forward yeah i reckon if i if i do study psychology it's like i said it's that ability to understand where i've been myself and why I acted in certain ways and what sort of kind of understanding my own story in a, a deeper perspective. Yeah. And I believe that would only help people even further afterwards when I start speaking about things from a, a, a psycho- psychological perspective, that sort of just more than just telling my story, actually tearing it apart and understanding why I acted in certain ways at certain times and the, the consequences of that so yeah that's like I said that's something I'd never thought about before the lockdown so it's uh, it's sometimes it's about finding the opportunities within the obstacles the opportunities within the obstacles yeah yeah I like that that's um, a very powerful saying and that sums up a lot about dealing with dealing with adversity as well because People can't imagine what it's like for myself or for you on a on a day-to-day basis. You know, when you can physically pick something up um, and when you can't physically pick something up and you're having to ask for, you know, your drink and your dinner and all the basic things that you do take for granted. It's a, 
a bit hard to get your head around, but once you do, then you learn and grow from it. Mm, without a doubt. Um, so what kind of things have you done? There's been a challenge. So, so for example, what what are the most challenging things that yeah, yeah, rephrase that. So what's been the most what's been the most challenging thing? Uh, it's sticking to the psychological theme that I've been talking about for the last five minutes is accepting myself and what's happened to me. That was I don't believe I could move forward in my life. Especially after dropping out of university and becoming unemployed, I think my biggest obstacle was not being able to accept my own body and what happened to me. Instead of just putting yeah. on staying resilient and just trying to make the most of life, I would just get caught up in this emotion of what if I had happened. In fact, I even occasionally let myself think, what if I had one hand? <laughs> because that would make a massive difference. But, it, it, yeah, getting over that barrier of just understanding that this is who I am, just that ability to accept myself and the things about me that will not change, that, that was probably the biggest barrier I've ever faced. And I'll be honest, there are still occasional days where I do still struggle, but for the most part, I'm all good going forward, but it was definitely, that was a huge obstacle to overcome, and it was something that terrorised me for nearly 10 years. Crikey. But yeah, I mean, I, I can relate to that, because I went from being physically fit, physically strong, able-bodied, just to, bam, um, paralysed need a wheelchair, need washing, dressing, need caring, and to have everything literally ripped away in an instant. It took me a long time to find self-acceptance um, and find that inner peace to go, actually, you know what, right, yeah, this is who I am, this is what I am. How can I make the most of it? And how can I turn it around? And without doing the, the without doing the counselling study, and I, I don't know, I don't know what would have happened where I, would, where I would have ended up. I would like to find, think I'd have found my way, but <laughs> it's certainly had its uh, ups and downs, <laughs> as I can imagine yours has. Yeah, yeah without, without a doubt. And it's that, uh, I think we all have times where we, we look at the past and wish we could turn back time. With, we, we think, what if? But that, that's, that could be an extremely dangerous way of living life, I believe. It's, if you so desperately focus on something you've not got, you fail to appreciate what it is that you, you still do have. So I, I reckon, honestly, somebody, somebody in a situation such as myself or yourself who believes that they can still do the best they can, always looking to improve upon yesterday, I reckon somebody in a tight situation with that mindset would be miles ahead of a fully body, able-bodied person who doesn't have that mindset and just takes everything for granted. Yeah, absolutely. Everything's a problem to them. So yeah, I, I, I definitely value the, the perspective I have on life more than anything. I mean, that's absolutely fantastic and definitely the right way to look at it. Um, 
what would be your goal moving forward then? Well, obviously, obviously you've said you've said about doing the psychology, so I guess that's still kind of the main. Maybe <laughs> I've not decided yet. <laughs> uh, it's uh, I'm very good for bringing up ideas in my head, getting really excited about them, and then three weeks later, I'm like, nah. But we'll, we'll see. This one seems to have momentum behind it. But going forward, if I don't go back to university, I uh, my my main goal is just to see how many people I can help in a lifetime. So, yeah, it's, I've not got any sort of specific goals of where I'm going in life. I just know that I, I just want to continually improve upon my message and reach more and more people each year. So yeah. we'll, we'll just see where that goes. and Hopefully it goes anywhere but backwards. Well, yeah, I mean, sometimes you've got to take a step backwards, you know, in order to move right. forward. Um, and that's where also where the strength comes from. But yeah, I'm, I'm totally the same. The more, if you, I think, if you can help one person uh, change their attitude, their lifestyle, then you can help ten. And if you can help ten, you can help hundred, and so on and so forth, so on and so forth. And if you can get to a point where you're having a massive impact on thousands of people, uh, then that's got to be a fantastic contribution. Absolutely. Not only that, if perhaps if you if you positively impact just one or two people to the extent that they then believe that they can positively impact one or two people, then hopefully it kind of it spreads beyond just me and the people I'm speaking to. Perhaps it'll. I know this is a really bad analogy, but see how this virus, for example, that we're saying if you spread it on just a few people. And then they spread it on three people. It can get out of control. Hopefully, I can do something similar, but with something more positive, like motivation and mindset. Yeah, mm. absolutely. You pass that message on to three people. They pass it on to three people. They pass it on to three people. That's actually it's actually a really good analogy, and it does explain does explain it really well. And it, it, you think by the time it's hit a hundred people that are sharing it, piss off, Siri. <laughs> I won't respond to that. <laughs> You've got to love technology, haven't you? Siri is just having a go at me now. <laughs> no, like being interrupted by Siri. Um, oh, I've completely lost my train of thought now. <laughs> uh, about spreading positivity. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, if you can get hit to three people and they, they in, interact with another three people and spread a positive message to them, then that's that's fantastic, and the message can become further and further afield. Absolutely. So perhaps I used a little bit of a, an insensitive example, but it, it gets the point across. Of hopefully, it goes beyond just myself. The the, the motivation that is not the virus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you find you pick yourself back up when you hit these low points and you you're struggling for the motivation? Originally, I struggled severely. However, ever since ever since deciding I was going to become a speaker, I remind myself of my purpose and my value and what, how much I want to help other people. And I remind myself that there may be cases in life where if I don't help somebody, their whole life could fall apart. So it's this kind of 
possible of them looking for it's a responsibility to do good in this world but yes. I'll, I'll be honest at the start of this lockdown i took i think it was three weeks off doing no work <laughs> and before it became a habit i had to remind myself that i i actually i owe it to myself and other people to contribute as much as possible and if anything people need my help more now than they ever have and at any point in history so that's how i got myself back into uh, working solidly in the last couple of weeks so yeah i, I just I, I, this is and i continually remind myself of it fantastic i mean that gives me a kick on the backside because i've been I have been a little bit slack, but then I've also been learning new skills as well. But to actually have a motivation to go, right, let's do a podcast, let's get our messages out there, has given me a bit of a kick on the backside to go, yeah, actually, you know, we need to be adapting to the circumstances and utilising what we've got to get our messages out there. Mm-hmm. Gives me a kick on the backside doing this, which is great. So even in terms of, like, my... Uh my career and my income, that's <laughs> that's slowed down substantially. But at this moment in time, it's, it's, I, I can afford to and instead focus on just helping people. And the, the, to be honest, it's the, that, that's, that's my mindset going forward. It's, it's, it's how much can I help? Yeah, the main message is, is how, how, how many people you can actually help. I think that's uh, absolutely commendable instead of saying, start feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah, without a doubt, self-pity is probably one of the most derailing feelings you could have. It's, uh, as soon as you feel sorry for yourself, it feeds on itself and it just gets out of control. So I, I need to be careful because I've been there in the past. So I, I need to be careful that that's not a feeling that I ever really allow back into my mind. So yeah, instead of feeling sorry for myself, I just have to crack on with it. I mean, I like how you say that. It's a feeling that you don't allow yourself to think because we do have control over it. And I'm exactly the same. We have these low moments. You feel you have these doubts and you've got to push them aside and you've got to go, no, get that crap out of your head and think about the positives think about what you've been through and turn it around um, it can be absolutely devastating and destructive if you just dwell on the negative and I certainly don't want to go go back and find myself going back that way and I'm sure you don't either oh, not at all try to push it out think about the positives the good times and move forward yeah it's, it's, it's just about being lenient enough to Give you if you're feeling sort of negative and in a tight situation, it's being lenient enough to give yourself time to breathe, not so lenient that it becomes a habit. So it's, it's, it's that balance between lenient and being strict, it's just kind of finding the finding the, that spot, that perfect spot, between making excuses and feeling sorry for yourself and pushing yourself too hard. And unfairly. yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think a lot of people do do that. Um, any questions you can think of? What have we not covered? 
at this moment in time. Uh, we've covered this about resilience, mindset, we're coming off the future. So I, I can't think of anything all the hard to fun. <laughs> I like that. I've seen no pun intended, but that's a that's a great one. Likewise, I saw your um I think your website, is it uh well yeah, if anyone does if anyone does want to get hold of you, uh, where where can, where and how can they get hold of you? Because I yeah. believe zero zero limits but yeah. with a Z L I M B. It's uh, you can find me online on primarily Facebook, LinkedIn, and Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram under my name William McKelvey, or you could find me under my username or my website, which is Zero Limits, which has got got a B in it, Z E R O I M B I T S. So it's like zero ones, zero limits. I think that's brilliant, and um, it shows. There, there are no limits and it also shows a bit of a a fun side to you and it also shows um a bit about what you're about mm. straight away um do you have a youtube channel as well or i'm in the process of developing a youtube channel but um like i said at the start of the lockdown i ended up taking three weeks off right I've, I've not actually got back into organizing the youtube thing for now i've been focusing on developing like an online program so uh i'm hoping to have a youtube channel within the next couple of months hopefully <laughs> just whenever i get the plan done really but i'd say uh, yeah i've got i've got an account there but it's it's not got anything uploaded to as of yet but yeah that's definitely in the pipeline okay you say then um, about developing an online course. Is that something that you're developing? Yeah, yeah. I'm developing like a, it's a three-step program essentially. I'm going to offer to organisations, businesses, and such. Just it's primarily focused on the lockdown and just encouraging their primarily their staff to adapt to the difficult circumstances and just basically talking about the. Uh, the subjects I've been talking about for the last 40 minutes, just sort of showing them that, you know what, you, you can adapt. <laughs> you, you've just got to believe in yourself and push yourself a little bit harder and you'll be surprised at what you can do. So, yeah, that, that's my main focus at the moment is helping out organisations that way. Fantastic. And is that, um, is that available now or is that in development? It's in development at the moment. It's, uh, I'll probably be completed of the week. There's one or two organisations I'm going to test it out with two weeks today. So this is Monday the 11th of May currently. So I'm hoping towards the end of the week I'm going to try and roll it out. And knowing my work, as soon as I complete it, the lockdown will end. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, in, a, in a sense, let's hope so. Uh, but the lessons learned throughout this experience, I think, are going to be things that we take with us for a long time. So the lessons learned are always going to be there. I mean, that's fantastic. I look forward to actually having a look at that myself and seeing what that's all about. Um, I think that kind of seems like a good natural place to wrap up, would you say? Yeah, it's, it's ideal and... Thank you very much for having me. It's, it's been quite a good experience. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for giving you giving up your time. It's um, 
interesting to hear what you've got to say and I'm really interested, inspired and motivated by your story and wow, I just think wow, uh, people need to have a look at my situation, your situation um, and maybe realise what's holding them back, what's their limits and how they can change and adapt to live and, I don't know, survive. Yeah. Live and strive, should I say. Have zero limits. <laughs> have, <laughs> zero, <laughs> no. <laughs> have zero limits and like I say, life rolls on. So whatever life rolls at us, we keep, keep rolling on and keep, keep persevering with it. Absolutely. So, that, so that's fantastic, Liam. That's, thanks for your time. And um, look after yourself and take care. Thank you very much. Okay, nice one. Cheers.